I'd like to introduce uh, Matt Lee to you guys. Uh, Matt Lee is the director of Psalm 82.3, which you just saw a whole video about, and he's coming out to uh, talk about that. Uh, the, the mission that he supports, that he started, is the only mission uh, that we currently support at Elevate. We give everything that we can uh, to them. And what we've encouraged people to do, if you want to support a kid, um, you can scan one of the QR codes, um, you can fill out that form, and we encourage people to donate about $35 a month to fulfill some of the needs for individual kids. Um, the one thing I love about Matt uh, and his family is they practice what they preach. Everything that he, he does and talks about on stage, they practice and, and they fulfill. And I love that about you and your family and also that you guys travel together, which is super awesome. Um, so let me pray for you, Matt, and uh, then I'll let you talk as long as you want. That's not true. We've got 30 minutes. <laughs> Amen. Uh, you, don't, you don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. So God, I want to thank you so much for uh, everyone that is able to come here uh, and worship today. Um, God, I want to pray for the people that are uh, outside of these walls. Um, I don't know what's going on out there, but uh, I'm going to pray for them as well. Um, whatever windstorm or uh, stuff's going on out there, please keep them safe. Uh, but God, I want to pray a blessing over Matt and his family uh, as they deliver um, all the information about Psalm 82.3. Um, I pray that it touches the hearts of us so that we can uh, do our best to partner uh, better and make an impact in Liberia. Um, so God, you are good. And that's on your son's name. Amen. Good morning, Elevate Christian. You say good morning back. Well, we can practice if you need to, but good morning, Elevate Christian. There you go. There you go. All right. It is good to be back with you again, uh, where you are here to focus on elevating people towards Christ. It's always good to see a church filling up just a little bit more each time I've been able to visit. I wanted to give away a few gifts. Anybody in here like gifts? All right. Good. Anybody wear a size small? We're going to go all the way up to a biggie biggie, which is what I'm referred to in Liberia. So, all right. So we're going to go there. I hope you can catch. All right, mediums. Okay, this is like touchdown time. Not a chance. All right, well, thankfully, one of the East Jasmine Middle School football coaches is right there, right? All right, uh, large. We're going a little bit bigger. Nobody wears a large. There's no larges in this group. Okay, extra larges. Man, these are really not good throws. All right, extra large. You know it's not going to make it to you now, don't you? All right, don't call me for softball. Uh, and a 2X. Okay, all right. That is still not going to make it to you, and I threw it to you before. Okay. <laughs> all right, and the last one uh, was something I had the privilege of doing, if you're familiar of how we got to this story. Uh, we had a chance to write the Psalm 82.3 mission story last year and, and publish this. So uh, whoever gets here first can have this, and if it encourages you, you can pass it on to your friends. So the race is on for one person. All right. Very good. Okay, very good race. Thank you. All right, Elevate, have you, have you ever gone somewhere, and soon after you realize this is not where you wanted to be? Anybody? Yeah, have you ever been in a situation where you're like, bad decision? Or, oops. I want to set it up for you a little bit. Uh, in mid-October last year, I made a quick trip over to Liberia. I usually go every January, every June leading mission teams, which I will encourage you multiple times to go throughout this time together. But I was, uh, this was an unexpected trip. I was going over focus with the education team that was going and also to focus on our foster care. We have 
32 girls and one little boy in our foster care getting ready to open up our boys' home in August. And so we're all excited about that, but we needed to move some kids around and readjust some things. And we had two, house, two houses at that point. We needed to add into the third house, which there was building already there for that. And so I needed to go and adjust. But what I learned when I got there was that one of my main people, my social worker, my head social worker, that had an abundance of trust with our ministry, had unfortunately made the decision to hurt one of our kids. Now, this is not in the Bible, so don't quote me on this. You can quote me, just don't quote the Bible as a part of the Bible. But I have a phrase in Liberia with our team that you better hope Jesus gets here first before I do if you hurt one of these kids. And so we had to make this decision to terminate one of these employees. It was a really hard moment. And then a week after I returned home from Liberia, at 37 years old, on October 31st, our beloved project manager passed away after finding out a week before he had type 1 diabetes. So right back on a plane I was headed for the first time in 20 trips by myself. I was alone. And when I got back to Liberia just about two weeks after I had left before, what was a pretty excited and energetic ministry was now a completely devastated ministry. That trip and those moments together with the staff were really hard, lots of crazy stories. November 11th, though, was one that I will never forget, and there's really no way for me to prepare for. Around 10 a.m. on November 11th, a knock came at the gate. It was the police looking specifically for me. The staff member I had fired or had been part of firing back in October accused me of stealing from her. She had no evidence of that, but the police jumped in on the case. They were doing their due diligence and requested that I come to the police station with them. I thought this was something simple. I had spent enough time in the principal's office when I was a kid, not because I was a terrible kid. I just had a really bad time figuring out when I was a kid what the difference was between serious and funny. And many times my funny got me into the principal's office. Well, it turns out I still struggle with that because I didn't take this moment very seriously. In fact, I even offered the police that were with me that I would give them a ride to the police station because they didn't have their own car. And so they got into the beat-up pickup truck that we had. I drove them to the police station. I went in, had an interesting conversation back and forth with the lady that was accusing me. I gave my side. She gave her side. Then it all turned a little bit weird. I was getting ready to leave. I thought this was it. We're done with the principal's office. They can do what they're going to do after this point. And one of the supervisors comes in and he says, does anybody read this man his Miranda rights? That's Miranda rights. I've watched enough police shows. This, I don't think that's good to have Miranda rights read to you. And so I asked maybe what some of you might, you might think is a pretty obvious question. Am I under arrest? And they said, yeah you're not leaving here until you give your statement. I said, well, I just gave my statement. No, written statement. They brought out uh, the Miranda rights. I read them. There was a whole bunch of confusion for about 30 minutes. Eventually, I signed away, I guess, my life in that moment when I said, I'm not speaking anymore until I have an attorney present. I think that's what I was supposed to do. Again, not real familiar with the system, Eventually, four and a half hours later, I was able to leave the police station. They went on the land. They did an investigation of their own. We went into a four-month-long legal battle against the accuser. 
where the board of directors in Liberia took my place. Man, that was a moment. That was a moment, a moment that I thought I was trusting somebody and then it just didn't work out. Have you been in one of those moments? And then maybe when inside of one of those moments, have you ever noticed that you, you might have sometimes an abundance of peace? How can you have an abundance of peace in a, in a situation that really is pretty tense and your life is on the line? How can you do that? Or for me, when I was facing the reality that I might spend the night in a police station or possibly in a jail cell. Well, that's a question I wrestle with and I still wrestle with. But last week, I was at Macedonia Christian Church, a wonderful church that's growing and doing some awesome things over on Winchester Road in Lexington. And I was there to, to receive a, a wonderful gift that they had, they had raised over the last few months in order to build a, a well and a well tower for our boys' home that we're going to open. It happened to be Youth Sunday. Have you ever been to a church with Youth Sunday? Those can be chaos. They seem sometimes disorganized, right? And you're just praying that we'll just give a lot of grace and mercy to the youth as they get up because they're, they're very nervous. But from greeting to worship to running sound and preaching, the youth had taken over this entire church. Now, Elevate, to say that I've heard a lot of sermons in my life as a preacher's kid and then as a pastor for 20 years in the church would be a drastic understatement. I've heard a lot of sermons. But I have never, I have never had a sermon where, one, a youth minister, and two, a youth kid messed me up. I mean, they did. And they messed me up with one word. And now I want to preface it with this. I don't think you're going to leave here today, sit down with Rob and Drew and say, Rob and Drew, we need to change the name of Elevate to this one word. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that you're going to see this word on a billboard sometime and, and suddenly be drawn into it. But I've talked to several pastors. I talked to, sent a message to an old friend that knows a lot about Greek and Hebrew. And I said, man, how do I interpret this one word? The word? With. With. And maybe you're sitting there today going, nope. It doesn't do anything for me. I'm not drawn into it. But they set it up like this in the sermon last week with this young man. They talked about the focus on the Lord's Prayer. And how many times that we use the Lord's Prayer of how to communicate to God. But the challenge for us was looking at the Lord's Prayer and saying, how do you communicate with God? I'll give you an example. It starts out with this, and if you know what it is, you just fill it in. It says, Our Father who is in heaven, good church, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The Lord's Prayer starts out with a really simple recognition of who you're talking to. If you could break it into simpler terms, you might just say, Hey, Dad, I know you're really big, and you have a special plan that I can't see. That might be one of your options in breaking that down. Church, if you're new to the faith journey, if you're new to God's Word, I want to tell you why this kind of messed me up. Here's the spoiler alert. God. 
the creator of the universe, the creator of every living thing around you, and so much of your life deeply desires to have a relationship with you. Do you know that already? That, that he wants to be in community with you. And this is why it was so much rocket science for me. Because then I started deep diving throughout Scripture and I started looking at things like, when was God with people? Well, it started before sin. God was with Adam and Eve in the garden before sin, right? He was in community with them. Then we have more than 300 times, pastors say that this isn't an accident, more than 300 times that we have the words, do not be afraid, I am with you, right? Then we have Jesus leaving heaven, which is just a radical thing. Why? So many times I wrestle with this. Why? Why would you leave? It's our deepest desire to go to heaven, right? Why would Jesus on his own choose to come down to this earth and submit himself to our authority and our own laws and our own rules so that he could be with people? The Hebrew for with is pronounced im. Everybody say M. And it might even be a precursor to what you might hear at Christmas time with Emmanuel. It means God is with us. We see Jesus, he walks with his disciples, and then he steps often with people into their stories. He challenges us that we are supposed to do the same thing, that we're supposed to be with people in community, and we're supposed to be with them on mission. He steps into the hurting, the lost, the blind, the lame. And for us, thankfully, he steps into with sinners. Before he sent it into heaven, the beautiful thing about God's word is Jesus tells us, I'm going to leave. I'm going to prepare a place for you. But if you will submit your life to me and you will surrender your life in baptism and, and become a part of this community of believers then I will send my Holy Spirit to live within you, to indwell inside of you. See why this has messed me up a little bit? I feel like it's one of the most underused words in all of Scripture. We talk about love, and we talk about Bible study, and we talk about fellowship, and we talk about service. We never talk about the word with. And it really, it really messed me up. So this morning, as I was getting ready to prepare this week, I wrestled with, do I communicate to you or do I communicate with you? Well, here's the thing, Elevate, for a long time in this story, it's been impossible for us to take credit as Psalm 82.3 mission and think that we've done all of this on our own. No. Because of incredible partners like you guys, because of donors that give individually, and because of mission team members and people that help at banquets, or last week we had a shotgun shootout, which is my favorite fundraiser. It's a group of dudes and a few ladies that get together, shoot guns, raise money, and eat food. You can tell that the food part is one of my favorites. And we have a lot of fun with that shootout, and God blessed that shootout last week where we were able to raise $18,000 to reach people for Christ in Liberia. So it would be foolish for me to think that we can do this speaking to you. Instead, I have to communicate that you are 
already with us. Does that make sense? You are a part of this. Psalm 82.3 Mission is not doing this. You, Elevate Christian Church, and many other partners are doing it with us in community. One of the beautiful parts of that reminder for us often and humbling for us is every month we send out over $7,000 more every month at least than we know is coming in. Yet we have never gone without. And so it's often a reminder for us that God is also always with us. So, how is it possible for you to have peace in that situation? One church, I want you to think, God is with me. And then I want you to think about all the people. As I walked outside of that police station waiting on the attorney, and I saw a sea, it's the reason I'm wearing my green shirt today. I saw a, a sea of these green shirts for Psalm 82.3 Mission that were out there for me and with me on behalf of me to make sure that I knew I was loved and cared for and that I was not alone in that police station. I want to go through a couple more stories with you of times that you might not have known that you were with us in this mission. I would invite you to join us on Psalm 82.3 Missions Facebook page and Instagram if you have social media. Send me your email address so I can communicate with you on a monthly basis so you can see updates and frequent things like that. But one of the things that's happened in the last six months has been really, really hard. I want to go to that first slide because this has been devastating for our ministry. I was just telling Ian, and you might know Ian before church, I was just telling him that no, the reality is as you grow as a ministry, we have now 50 full-time employees as a ministry. And that's beautiful. Our average income is $160 a month. And what God is doing there has been amazing. But in the last six months, we've walked through some deep, hard pain. The guy on the left is our project manager that passed away in October. A lady on the right is one of our teachers, Malin. And about four weeks ago, had a healthy baby girl. A safe, good delivery. Complained of back pain that she was hurting a little bit that night. Spiked a fever and she never made it to the hospital. So in both of those situations, Elevate, you were with us. If you knew about the situation, your prayers were a part of that. You, you were praying for us to have strength and wisdom and be able to step into these funerals and bring peace as we were able to fly back and forth to Liberia. Your financial resources go to help the kids in foster care, but they also go to help us make these quick trips. I call you defenders because you're with us. And as defenders, you also gave generously towards the funeral cost and you continued the salaries for both of these people for an extended time of three months. So Elevate, I just want to say thank you because you've been there in that situation. I want to share you, with you about these guys too. Go to the next one, please. Back in May of last year, we were able to take in 10 new kids. I already told you the number that we have in foster care and that we're getting ready to open up our boys' home. And we're excited about that. The building is already finished. We just need the well tower to be built and the borehole well to be dug and we will be ready to rock and roll. 
But every one of these kids that have arrived on the mission, we've been learning more and more about. See, as a mission, our focus is to build and develop a safe foster care village and a sustainable community center. So safe, to me, means that you're free of what happens outside to you. All of our kids have come from from places, church, that I can't tell you about in this setting. The stories that I've heard about the kids in our care, I just tell you, no human should ever endure. Every one of these kids have been abused in, in every way that you can possibly think. Yet the beautiful thing is that the moment they step inside these walls, they are now safe. And every time we're able to have conversations with them and develop more relationship with them, We're able to help lift some of that trauma off of their shoulders, some of that baggage that they've been carrying around. We're able to hear some of their stories, like an eight-year-old girl that sat down with my sister when she was there for two hours and just kind of vomited out story after story. Man, it's been incredible to know that each of these kids, immediately when they come on site, are introduced to the love of Jesus. They're introduced to hope, They're introduced to love, and they're introduced to joy. Every day, Elevate, I want you to know that you are with these kids. You're with them through that faith. You're with them through that hope. You're with them through that love. And because of that, these kids, at the end of March, these kids that have been through really hard moments in their life, these kids, on their own, held a three-day revival service. Take a look. Amen, right? And because of your love for those kids and because your dedication to those kids, more than half of those kids on their own have surrendered their life to Christ. I've had the opportunity, you saw in the picture before that, that we've been able to baptize uh, over half of those kids in the ocean. And it has been just a sweet, sweet moment. The day after their little impromptu revival service that they organized, they did the preaching, they did the worship, we had nothing to do, honestly, with any of the setup. It was a complete shock when they sent me videos and said, the kids started a, a revival service, Pastor Matt. What do we do with that? And I was like, I guess you let them do a revival service. And they continued that. The day after that, our team went back to court for the final time where we were found victorious in this legal case against us. I don't know, was that... Was that part of it? Was God waiting for them? I would have asked them to do that back in November if God was waiting to move that mountain because of their worship. But I'm so grateful for what you're a part of. That same day, I'll go to the next one. It's the church update. 
that same day that the court case was finished against us. We were blessed by a gift from Southland Christian Church's Million Meal Pack. If you've never been a part of that, this is, this is what it is. And Elevate, you could do this in a, a simple way. It's a group called Lifeline Christian Mission here in Lexington. You can gather together. These cost you about a dollar to pack one meal. Each meal has six servings inside of it. So essentially it's six meals. In Liberia, they would say, if I don't eat a spoonful of rice, I haven't eaten for the day. And so we were able to send a lot of these over. 40,000 of these were able to be sent over last fall. Well, it's odd to talk about this at church because the first place we started giving these out at was our school, Defenders Christian Academy. 94 kids were carrying these home every day, after, every Friday after school and taking them home between their families. We realized looking at the container that we had a lot of meals left. And so we said, well, we have a, about 150 kids that are coming to church seems to make sense that that's a Sunday. Maybe we could give it to them on Sunday afternoon after church and they could take it home and feed their family one more time. So we started handing them out on church, at church on Sunday. We'd line the kids up, boys' side, girls' side, had a great organization to it. These 150 kids took home these bags and anybody want to guess what happened? It became the most effective outreach system I've ever seen. They took these meal bags home and started showing them to their friends, started eating these rice meals, and within a couple weeks of handing these out, we had over 300 kids coming to church. I still say to churches today, I dare you to hand these out. Cancel your egg hunts this year and just pass out these. I do not think you're going to have the same results. But because of that, because of that, this ministry continues to grow. Because of that, a group goes out every week and serves in, an or, in several orphanages. They go to the local prison and, and bring hope to men that are in desperate need of hope. Because of that, Jesus is starting to spread across this area in Liberia. And because of that, over 250 people now have given their life to Christ right there in Liberia. You're a part of that. I really wish that I could take you on the journey. I could tell you about the next picture, and I could tell you all the details about it, but you don't have that kind of time. Let's go to the next picture if we can. I wish I could, I wish I could tell you about the school and the impact that it's making in such a huge way, or what's happening inside of, of the prison, or, or what's happening on the ground with agriculture development and sustainability, and how we're taking steps towards people owning this in Liberia. I wish I could tell you all the details about that little boy's picture on the bottom right, Isaiah, who crawled into a fire and burned his entire right side and just a couple weeks ago went in for surgery because a mission team was there and they were able to pay for his, his surgery to open up his arm a little bit. And soon he'll go in for surgery again and he'll have a mitten made out of his hand. But instead, I just want to offer you an invitation. I want to I invite you into this story more personally. Let's go to the next picture. I love what God has been doing over the last year through mission teams. I'm so thankful that we're, we're past the COVID crazy a little bit, right, church? It's nice to be back a little bit in normalcy. And part of that is taking mission team members. Last June, you see the picture up on the top right, you may not be able to see it as well, 
But that's a picture of what every orphanage looked like that our team was going to to serve. We were delivering food there because we have a partner in Atlanta that gives us money to deliver food to those places. Budget-wise, we can't make decisions to start paying staff and separating out and going into other orphanages. It's just it's too much to think about. But when mission teams go, they have their own budget. They have their own resources. They have money set aside to do mission projects. And these missionaries went into these orphanages and they found that these kids in the orphanages, hundreds of kids were taking tiny pieces of foam and putting these tiny pieces of foam together, two or three or four pieces and making a bed out of those. And then they just pile three or four kids on top of each other. And that was their bed. And then that mission team went into town and they realized that for $22, they could buy a, a six inch foam mattress. And then when they started crunching their numbers and looking, well, if I don't eat as much this time, or if we don't travel as much this way, or we do this or do that, with the resources God has given us on this trip, we could provide 75 new mattresses for kids in these orphanages. And they did. Man, if you ever want to know what joy looks like, pure joy, deliver a $22 mattress to an orphanage in Liberia, Africa. As it was flapping in the wind, I love to tell that story. As it was flapping in the wind, because there's no structure to it, these kids were dancing and crying and giving all the praise to God because they had a bed to sleep on. The mission team in June went, and a unique part of this story. I don't know what teams do these on a regular basis, but we took our first blind missionary to Liberia, Africa. He was a 71-year-old gentleman that does mission work in Kentucky. He moves, the bio, he moves uh, any books and books of the Bible into Braille so people that are blind can also read and understand because he knows that faith comes from, from hearing and understanding. On his own, he researched with some, some friends of his and he learned that there was a solar-powered audio Bible that he could take to an entire village of blind people and he could hand them those solar-powered audio Bibles. And he, he on his own, invested over $4,000 to take 100 of these to Liberia. And then he measured all of his new friends for walking sticks and canes. He's planning on going back in January with the mission team. I think it's crazy. But because he was there, because he was with people, it inspired the people around. And you can see in the picture on the top left, that's the bathroom of the blind village where no one honestly cares about them. It was falling down. It was rickety. It was nasty. The mission team there, I wasn't on that trip because of legal stuff and and they said it was just incredible that they felt inspired by Mike, this missionary, to invest the money that they had in order to, to restore that, that bathroom space. In June, there's an entire team of people that are going from Indiana. Up in my hometown area, they're going because they've been working their tails off for the last six months to raise over $12,000 to build the largest palava hut that, 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 sorry, that Liberia has ever seen because the shelter church has outgrown that little space that you keep seeing them in. They can't wait to see what that looks like. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. But I just want to invite you in. Man, if you're not, if you're not doing ministry with people, i got to tell you, I don't think you're really doing ministry. 
So my encouragement to you is whether you're in prayer with us, partnering with us financially, more importantly to me is going with us on a mission trip. I'll go January 3rd through the 13th. And I would love to take you with us. If you ever want to know what it looks like to walk and talk with Jesus, He's there. Let me pray. God, thanks so much for Your love and grace this morning. Thank You for being here with us. Father, it's odd to say that. This place was here before us. You you were here through Your Spirit before that. And so it's actually us coming to be with You here. But Father, I thank You for Your love and mercy and that You, you loved us so much that You came down to this earth and you are, you are with us. Through Your Spirit, You are with us. And we so badly look forward to the day that we can worship with You in unity in heaven. We thank You, Father, for Elevate Christian. We thank You that they are elevating people towards your son Jesus, and we pray that you bless them and strengthen them and you'll provide wisdom for them for their, their steps ahead. We thank you for what you're doing in Liberia, God, and how you're moving mountains to reach people for your son Jesus. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.